Welcome to the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. We're dispensing stories of success from across the continuum of care. I'm your host, Hillary Blackburn. Thanks for joining us to learn from leaders throughout the pharmacy industry. Hey mamas, are you looking to snap back into fitness after your baby? Well, listen in on this episode with pharmacist and fitness instructor, Dr. Pinky Patel. She's going to share all things of getting you back into shape after having your baby. But before we get into the episode, I want to remind you that my book is now available on Amazon. Go check out how pharmacists lead answers from women who are leading, succeeding, and impacting pharmacy. It's a great book dedicated to women in pharmacy leadership. All right, so today on the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast, we have a special guest. Our guest is Dr. Pinky Patel. She is a clinical pharmacist and personal trainer that specializes in pre and postnatal corrective exercise. As the CEO and founder of The Snapback, she is passionate about bridging the gap in women's maternal health care globally by making pregnancy and postpartum resources accessible, easy to understand, and helpful in teaching women to advocate for their health in the form of an app, consultancy, and blog. The Snapback aims to provide women with a safe community, simple resources, and evidence-based methods to implement and restore a sense of self, both physically and mentally. Pinky, welcome to the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. Thank you for having me. Well, thanks for joining us. And uh, now that our listeners have heard a little bit about your background, maybe you can fill in any gaps from that intro or share a little bit more about your personal life. Yeah, yeah. So I am a clinical pharmacist, as you guys know, and she mentioned, and I founded the snapback last year out of a need. Basically, I had my daughter and I realized there was a gap in a lot of resources postpartum, specifically rehab and recovery, but also like community. And so last year I was pregnant with Arjun and I launched the consultancy in April. And then I actually launched the app in 166 countries four weeks before I delivered him. So that was interesting. And then, um, you know, he's now one years old, but yeah, I have a four-year-old daughter as well. And we're just trying to not lose our marbles, taking it day at a time. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so Pinky, um, before you started this, this passion, um, tell us a little bit more about your pharmacy journey, journey, sorry. And, um, what inspired you to start the snapback? Yeah. So the pharmacy journey, you know, I'm born and raised in Oklahoma. I knew I was going to do something in healthcare, right. And it was always between dentistry, medical school and pharmacy. And I chose pharmacy because of you know, I eventually wanted to have a family and I didn't want to be in school for as long as medical school. And I also liked the ability of changing. There's so many different paths you can go in in pharmacy, right? And so I did identify that early on and I knew I wanted to keep my options open. And so I did this, I did a six year program, basically two years undergrad, four years. I went to University of Oklahoma College of Pharmacy and I graduated in 2011. So I've been practicing, you know, a little bit of retail at the beginning and then I went into um, a PBM. So I was thinking of, you know, family life, even though I wasn't Mm -hmm. for five or six years, I was like, you know, I just, I've been doing retail for so long. I was a tech when I was 17 and really liked the interaction with the community. But 
I also was realistic about, you know, the hours of retail. And so I moved into a role into a PBM. And so that was very, I mean, it was very different and I did enjoy it. And I got my hands into a lot of different areas. Like currently I'm in um, regulatory and in division in the PBM, but the snapback, you know, is very interesting. You're like, how does a pharmacist go into something like this? And, you know, I had alongside a pharmacy, my passion has always been fitness. And so in, when I was about 21 or no, about 20, I got into, um, just like a a fitness enthusiast, I guess, if you will. And then I decided, you know, I'm going to take it to the next level. And I really loved, I guess this is where the science comes in. I really loved the physiology piece of bodybuilding. And I just, I ended up getting a certification. And so I'm NASM certified as a personal trainer. And so I just kept learning. And so I did that actually during the same month that I was in my hardest residency, I mean, rotation Mm -hmm. and pharmacy school, you know, like adult medicine. And so I, uh, I don't know what I was thinking. I also ran a marathon that month. Uh, but I guess, you know, just, I was very, I guess, motivated that month. And I remember graduating and thinking, well, I'll just have this personal training, um, certification so I can teach group fitness classes and things like that. So I continued doing that. And I, before having my daughter, I was like, you know, it's very interesting how people just say that after you have a baby in America that you just, um, you just go back to regular workouts at six to eight weeks, like a magic. Mm-hmm. I guess a magic fairy comes and just sprinkles dust on you overnight. And you just, you know, c- get all the reconnection and rehab. And I just thought that's very interesting. And I started doing a lot of research and even pregnancy, how we approach movement and, you know, what movement serves you versus what doesn't like all the hormones that, you know, basically engulf your body, <laughs> relax in progesterone, estrogen, like how does that impact movement? And, so I just decided to become a pre and postnatal corrective exercise specialist about three or four years before. And I applied all that when I was pregnant and postpartum with Karishma. And then I don't know, the passion just kind of ignited even more when I felt like I was very lonely in the postpartum period with Karishma. I felt like the pregnancy, everybody hypes up pregnancy. Like everyone takes care of you. They open the doors, like mm-hmm. the baby or, oh, you're so cute. And then all of a sudden the baby comes and I was like, wait a minute, I didn't that it was going to be baths and hemorrhoid cream. And, you know, I didn't realize how tough breastfeeding was going to be for me. And so I just leaned in on like my circle, like two people that were literally my lifelines. And I was like, why are more people talking about this stuff? And so the whole community piece, you know, and the whole having seven different apps at the same time when I was postpartum and realizing that it could be easier, just kind of got my wheels turning, you know? And so I started, you know, just thinking about all, all in 2018, my entire year was just about building. I'm thinking about what I wanted to create. Then I ended up having, I ended up getting pregnant with urgent. So I had this big plan. And then last January in 2019, I got pregnant and I was like, wait a minute, I have to change everything I was going to do. And I was working this entire time as a pharmacist and I still do. So I would be doing things like, you know, at three or four in the morning, and then I would stay up after everybody went to sleep, because I didn't want to cut into time with the family. Um, So I decided to film all the postpartum workouts in March while I was 11 weeks pregnant before my stomach popped out. And I was, I got got to get done. And so I filmed everything. And then the app has rehab and recovery, right? So that's what I filmed. And then it also has tools and tracking, which is always free, like breastfeeding timers and 
you know, solid logging and diaper logging. And even like to the point where like what color the poop means, the the texture of what it means, um, very detailed. And it also has a, it has articles that are sent to you every week that I, that I've been, um, reviewed by OBGYNs and physical therapists. So, it, you know, whenever you have like what to expect, like, hey, your baby is the size of an eggplant. And I'm like, we should have something like that for postpartum. Like, hey, it's week two and you might still be bleeding if you have a, C- if you have a C-section. Like, so mm-hmm. it's week two and are you wondering why your baby's not sleeping? So it's like, it sends you pertinent information from zero to 12 weeks. And then the, re- yeah. beta, the recent beta launch was of community. And it is free and you can talk to other moms anonymously about anything and everything. And there are groups set up in there and you can link and send stuff to one another. So that is the other piece. And so it's all there in one place. And that's what I wanted to create. Love it. Well, this is very topical since I just had my first baby and um, had actually been following you before that, having getting pregnant, um, loved all of your your fitness work and everything. So um, yes, I completely am like, this is all resonating uh, very pertinent right now. And um, you mentioned, you know, the time that it takes to, you know, have the baby, you've got, you know, nine months and then, um, typically a vaginal delivery, you get six weeks and for a C-section, it is eight weeks, um, for short-term disability. And, um, and it's crazy that in the U S there, there really isn't any kind of like program to return back to, normalcy, if you will. Um, but you know, in other countries, like I know France and some other, they actually have PT recommended. I'm sure they've got other things. So, um, I had an unplanned, C-section and, um, actually did some physical therapy, uh, cause I had a little bit of that diastasis. Um, and so it was great. Uh, and you know, it, it got me out of the house like for an hour. I, I took our daughter with us one time. Um, but it gave me that confidence. So I think, you know, having a resource like yours to give people the confidence on like what's safe exercise to return, because now, you know, the guidelines have said, Oh, wait, six to eight weeks to return to running. And now there's been some new um, recommendations to wait till 12 weeks. Mm-hmm. So um, just how to return to exercise appropriately and with you having, you know, gone through it yourself as a mom of two and having uh, all of the training as a uh, personal uh, fitness instructor, you have got all of that great. So super interesting. Um so what uh, have moms loved about the snapback uh, and what have been some of the unexpected surprises for you as balancing being a mom and an entrepreneur? Well, no, this whole thing is like, you're never ready. So as an OCD type A pharmacist, I think 85% of us are the same. We're cut from the same cloth mm-hmm. in that sense. You know, it's like, it's never going to be perfect. So you just have to jump off the cliff and build your parachute on your way down. And so what hasn't been a surprise, what I didn't realize is, you know, I'm going to first answer the, the second part of your question is how whenever you have a digital product and you launch it, things go wrong and they can go wrong. And it is live on Android. It's live on um, the Apple store 
in 166 countries. So I'm thinking, hey, I launched this, right? And I'm over here with Arjun breastfeeding every two hours. He would never sleep more than two hours for four months and laptop in one hand trying to catch up um, as I'm baby in one hand because it's just like things people email. I'm support. I was at, you know, admin. I'm everything right now. We're in the very like early stages. So I've had to learn to put on every single hat, whether I love it or not. You know, I always said, I'm never going to go into business. Business is not my thing. I'm, I could do organic chemistry all day long, but I did not want to step my foot into a business class. Cause I was like, this is not my jam. And so I didn't, ever think I would be a founder or somebody that had a business. I just wanted to be a pharmacist and stay in my lane. But then my passion ended up making me like forced into a position that was business. Like I, it just kind of like happened that way, you know? And so I guess I'm learning the ropes as I'm going like call this MBA 101. I don't know. I've, you know, just read and Googled and talked to people. And that's literally how I've learned to you know, I cold called app developers. I mean, there's just been, I've learned a lot. Um, I didn't realize how much work like there is, you know, people say that you eventually leave your 40 hour week job to do a 120 hour week job, which is so true. Mm -hmm. I'm doing all of that right now. And so that's been interesting, but it doesn't feel like a job when I do it if that makes sense, because I enjoy it so much. And it, it fulfills me knowing that I am bridging a gap. Like you said, France, yes, France, I was going to talk about this because France actually, they actually give you 10 government mandated physical therapy sessions. So like they physically Mm -hmm. go in and like, you know, feel your pelvic floor. How is it going before for exercise? And here they're like, wait, I need to see a physical therapist. So it makes me so happy that you saw a PT but in times of a pandemic, and you know how hard it is to get out with a baby. Oh, yeah. G- getting yourself to an appointment and driving there is if like a act of God. Challenge. Challenge. <laughs> you have to coordinate the the naps. You have schedule. schedule. You have yep. to coordinate mm-hmm. the milk. If you're pumping, you better not be full of milk. If, if the baby doesn't take a bottle. I mean, there's so many things that, you know, I had to go see a chiropractor postpartum and it was like, it was amazing to drive there, but you know, yeah. be alone for once because I needed it. And, mm-hmm. but on like in real life, like are people really able to do that? And the fact that moms are coming to me, they're like, Hey, I love the fact that the app is like four to five minutes of breath work initially. Cause that's what it is. Depending on mm-hmm. if you had a C-section or a vaginal delivery, I've built in different algorithms. So it gives you your plan based on how you delivered. So vaginal, it's just not that it's also first, second, third degree tear and episiotomy. They have their own basically like lines of rehab. And then every time you move to the next phase, there's three phases. It checks in with you. It's like, like Hey, how does this feel? Like it asks you a questionnaire and based on the answers, it'll say like, okay, you need to go see a PT or you should, you know, like there are those checkpoints because it's not there to be the physical therapist, but it's affordable and it's very doable because mom life is real. So in the beginning, like five to 10 minutes of reconnection. And when they come back and tell me they don't have incontinence or they don't have diastasis that they've resolved it, they don't have back pain. They don't have pain with sex. That is like music to my ears. So that's what they mm-hmm. loving, And they've been loving just everything in one place, you know? So yeah. Yeah. And a quick break from our sponsors who want to get in front of more people to let them know about the importance of drug disposal. The talk to your pharmacist podcast is lucky to have 
RX Destroyer, sponsoring the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. RX Destroyer is transforming the drug disposal space by bringing your facility and patients a simple and effective method of safely disposing of unused, unwanted medications. If you're worried about drug diversion and federal rules compliance, learn how RX Destroyer can keep you DEA compliant by checking out www.rxdestroyer.com slash Hillary Blackburn. Yeah, no, I love that. And, you know, there's so many things that you just don't know. Yeah, there's so much to research about pregnancy. And then postpartum, you're so worried about the baby and taking care of the baby. There's really not as much time for you to be able to have to focus on yourself and to like make sure that you're healthy so that you, if you know, if you're not healthy, then how can you take care of babies? So, um, I love that you have compiled all that into one place and, um, you mentioned, you know, pelvic floor and and all of those things. There there are things that you can check at home to make sure, oh yeah, my pelvic floor is strong enough to be able to return to running or to be able to return to that. So I'm I love that you've um developed it with algorithms and things. Um so Pinky, what is some what are some things that you wish moms knew more about the postpartum period? Yeah. So, you know, whenever you are pregnant, nobody ever talks about diet cystic recti. They, many moms stumble upon it about eight or nine months mm-hmm. postpartum when they're like, Hey, I went back to orange theory at six weeks and I was sprinting and now my pelvic, like everything feels like it's going to fall out. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wait a minute, no. uh, you might have pelvic organ prolapse. You might have diastasis. Uh, they're doing this. They're taking 10 steps forward, but then like 50 steps backwards, you know? And then you're back at the point of like, okay, how do we fix this? You just made that worse because you, you're, you're, mm. you know, I love my health professionals. I love my OBs, but they are not trained personal trainers no. and physical therapists. They're not in, and personal trainers are not trained in pre and post um, corrective exercise. So sometimes mm-hmm. you're going to go see a trainer and in maybe gold gym or something in, in pre pandemic life. And that trainer is having moms do planks and it, things that increase mm-hmm. abdominal pressure. People are so hyper focused yeah. on the core. They're like, oh my God, this stomach has got to go. So what do they do? They do, they do <laughs> conventional exercise. They're like, okay, here's a YouTube video. Let's do Pilates. They open the clock. Mm-hmm. Everyone's doing planks. They're doing leg planks. They're doing crunches. And I'm like, okay, you are increasing intra-abdominal pressure, which is what you don't want to do. Because your transverse mm-hmm. abdominis, your linea elbow, which is that connective tissue that's running up and down, it's very, very thin. And it's you are causing more separation or diastasis recti. You could be, which it's all connected to your pelvic floor. And so basically when they're like, I was doing all these things and now I have incontinence. Well, you increase intra-abdominal pressure. Don't do crunches and things like that. In fact, in the app there, I'm pregnant and I'm, it's free. You can totally check yourself for free watching my video. uh, If you have diastasis recti and then it'll manage it within the app as well to the, I mean, to the extent that it can, right. Without having human interaction. But that's my thing is like, don't jump into crunches. Those workouts don't serve you postpartum. You have to physically reconnect to your core. And that takes mind and muscle connection which is diaphragmatic mm-hmm. breathing. And that's why if you follow me at Fit Pink Rx, you'll see that I post how I, rec- I posted my journey with Arjun and I was showing 
like what my stomach looked like and what I was doing and how I was breathing. And so I just wanted to be transparent that, Hey, like this is what your stomach really looks like. It doesn't look like what they show on cosmopolitan or self. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, it, it is, you know, amazing because, um, with breastfeeding and, and just, you know, even I think within, within probably the first like week, two weeks, I was back to my, like my stomach had just kind of gone down everything, your uterus, everything shrinking, um, and breastfeeding certainly helps. But there was just that last bit around kind of a, a pooch, if you will. And I'm like, uh, uh-uh, uh, that's gotta go. But thank goodness I didn't jump into like doing all of those things. And so, um, I think that yes, people are probably just misinformed or just unaware of some of the things that they could be doing that could cause damage. And so having a resource like yours is so helpful. So any things, um, now what about on the, the other end of the spectrum? So pregnancy, mm-hmm. you know, one of the things that, so I was always, I've, fitness has been very important to me, but as I think probably about 20 plus 22 weeks, I got to the point where I couldn't run, you know, mm-hmm. and, and then I got nervous about, oh gosh, am I doing, am I doing the right ab exercise? And so I kind of just stopped doing ab exercises. So the very first time that I tried to do any type of ab exercise postpartum at like five or six weeks, okay. I had no ab strength. <laughs> it was yeah. like just non-existent. So, um, yeah, you, you, there's like the flip side. You're like, you do too much and you might do something wrong or you don't do anything for fear of, (laughs) for fear of doing the wrong thing. And then that can also mess you up. What about for women who are pregnant? Yeah. So I've had a lot of friends tell me the same thing that are in the fitness space. They're like, I just avoided it because I got really scared. I didn't want to touch that area because I don't know what I'm doing. And I'm like, okay, listen. And I do consultancies like one-on-one with um, clients. So I currently have clients that I work with. And this is exactly what what we talk about in pregnancy after 12 to 14 weeks, you know, there's a lot of stuff on the internet that is very conflicting. Let's just get that out of the way. And that is why people are so overwhelmed. And let's, let's be real. Every mom is Googling and whenever they're pregnant, Oh yeah, even the pharmacist, even the doctor, even my friends who are like the smartest, you know, like MDs, they're all Googling because they're just like, all right, you know, you may be a healthcare professional, but carrying a baby Mm -hmm. is a whole nother ball game and being crazy. I call it just mom brain or pregnancy brain is another level. But after 12 to 14 weeks, crunches and planks and things don't really serve you, right? Because you have to think about the deepest core musculature that is, that is not the abs that you see. Think about everything that's deep inside that's actually holding your uterus. We have to think about strengthening that. So I always um, talk about doing diaphragmatic breathing throughout the entire pregnancy. That is their core work out throughout pregnancy. It's one of those things where it's really boring. You can't see it. Our society is overly fixated on immediate gratification. And that is one thing you will not get in pregnancy. And so what I love about diaphragmatic breathing is that like I posted on snapback, there's an ultrasound and it, it shows you whenever you diaphragmatically breathe, how it also strengthens your pelvic floor. So people are so, mm. hyper, they're so hyper-focused on Kegels, Kegels, Kegels. Yes. Kegels can be mm. good, but if you have a hyperactive pelvic floor, which you may not know if you have it, unless you've seen a pelvic floor therapist, then it actually doesn't benefit you because you're making it more tense. So 
diaphragmatic breathing not only calms you down, you know, ignites your parasympathetic system, which we all need a little bit of that in our pregnancies. And it pushes oxygen to the baby toxins out and it strengthens your core. And that is exactly what you do postpartum. So that I haven't, I have yet to do a single crunch. I'm 13 months um, postpartum. And that's all I did during pregnancy and after. And my core has no diastasis. And all the moms that I work with that have religiously adapted this movement pattern have not had DR and they have not had any pelvic incontinence or back pain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Um, so much to learn. <laughs> So what about, uh, tell us a little bit more about how your mission with empowering mothers regarding healthcare tie into this, the snapback and and what you're building. Yeah. So I feel, you know, I feel like pharmacy still has so much in like, has so much to do with what I'm doing with the snapback. Um, you know, in here's another space that I talk about with snapback is prenatals and postnatals. So as a pharmacist, we all know that OTC items are not FDA regulated, right? So prenatal has folic acid. That's about, that's about all we know, right? That's usually, and that's EPA, DHA, a little bit of choline sprinkled in there. But, you know, I started doing a lot of research and why, and I, when I consult, I talk about this, it's like, we should be taking the methylated version of folate. And that's gets me excited because I'm bringing in, you know, pharmacy into like the snapback umbrella and, yeah. you know, there's 60, 60% or I don't, don't quote me on the exact percentage, but there are a high percentage of women that have a genetic mutation of the MTHFR, um, the, the gene. And it basically the conversion of folic acid to the methylated version happens via an enzyme. And that, and that is sometimes not a hundred percent, all the women. So why not just take the methylated version of the folate because we're taking it to prevent spina bifida and neural tube defects. So I always say like, Hey, um, people are like, why don't people talk about this? And I'm like, I don't know. It's just, it's just not some, you know, it's not something that's readily shared, but I think it's very important. And so I kind of bring that into like, it comes down to women's health, right? Like, why are we not talking about things that are ultimately going to probably affect our babies? Um, so that, that's one piece, you know, but I feel like the women's health passion ignited because of my own personal journey. And I didn't know it was going to unfold this way. So I, I started doing a lot of research and I was, you know, like a C-section, the world health organization says that 10% or lower is accepted for a C-section. Our country is like 33% in terms of having C-sections. We spend the most money out of all conditions and we have the least the kind of the worst um, you know outcomes if you will even related to mm-hmm. morbidity and mortality with women that are pregnant so I don't know why I just was like this has to be better <laughs> like why why are we not you know supporting basically our foundation our mothers they're creating babies like you know so we have to have a, a thriving mom you know to have a thriving baby and then a thriving society and that's that's, we need to, we need to shift the focus. And now it's like, you're, you know, I'm 34, right? So you're like, well, I thought, you know, whenever you're in school, you're like, yeah, pharmacy, that's it. We're going to, you're going to become this and that's going to be me. Right. And now I'm like, wait a minute. Um, pharmacy is me, but now I have this other like fire under me now. And I, and I, have, I can't, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Um, awesome. So much good information. So Pinky is our final question. I love to ask all of our guests, what is some advice that you would tell your younger self or for other pharmacists out there who are just getting started in their career? I would say that you, you may think you're really old. Cause I thought I was, you know, old, if you will. Um, and you a behind, you know, in your twenties, but you're not, you're actually just getting started. So get as much experience as you can network, talk to as many people, what you think you may want to do may not be what, you know, you might find something else that really lights a fire and enjoy it. Cause if you don't enjoy it, it's not going to last. And you don't want to feel like mm-hmm. you're, you want, you want to wake up every day and be like, okay, this is what I really want to do. And don't settle because pharmacy is very, I got into it because it has the ability to get your hands in different places. Like you could work in a hospital, you could work in a retail, you can do a PBM, you can work. You know, there's so many different things. Like, And so don't settle, you know, and always remember your why. Mm-hmm. Yep. Love it. Well, I just downloaded the app. So people, every listeners, if y'all want to learn more about uh, the Snapback, it is an app. So the, uh, the Snapback. And then where can they also follow you, Pinky? They can follow me at FitPinkRx on Instagram and then the Snapback as well. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Such great, great information. And I appreciate you being a guest on the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. Thank you for having me. To hear more about pharmacists in leadership, be sure to check out my new book now available as an ebook and paperback on Amazon. Go over to Amazon and search for How Pharmacists Lead answers from women who are leading, succeeding, and impacting pharmacy. And I hope you check it out. And if you liked this episode, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. It helps us to get in front of more pharmacists and others interested in the pharmacy industry. We really appreciate your support in sharing this content. Thanks for listening to this episode of Talk to Your Pharmacist, produced by the Pharmacy Advisory Group. If you liked this episode, let us know by subscribing to the podcast, rating, and reviewing it. Share it with friends. And if you want to be a guest or know a pharmacist leader who has a great story to tell, connect with me, Hillary Blackburn, on LinkedIn and check out our Facebook page, Pharmacy Advisory Group for updates on new podcasts. Thanks for listening.